Dynasty Theory is now a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, and we could not be more excited. Tune in each and every week when we provide actionable advice to help you navigate through the crazy world of Dynasty Fantasy Football. We're always diving into quickly changing values, market inefficiencies, and opportunities to help you build those dynasties. Make sure you also check out the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Enjoy. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Dan, Matt, and Ryan, and this is episode 538 of the pod, and we are sponsored by No House Advantage, the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available. Matt, Ryan, week six is pretty much in the in the books, and... There were a lot of disappointments. I'm sure we'll get to get to some of those. There were some big plays and um, certainly some big performances as well. Before we get to all that, though, Ryan, how you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah, it was an it was an up and down fantasy week for sure. Uh, with some, yeah, like you said, some disappointing performances, some surprising performances, and a few breakouts uh, that we'll be talking about today. Yeah, we got to get to the breakouts for sure. It was, you know, to nobody's surprise, I guess, the Thursday night game, it kind of got us off to a slow start. And then the noon games came or the 11 o'clock games, whatever, whatever you want to call the early games on Sunday. And that was just a letdown overall. It felt like to me things heated up with the late afternoon games. And then we have the the big games in primetime as well, Matt. Uh, Before we get to any of that, Matt, what's up with you, bud? You know, Dan, I just don't understand why a team would spend a number four overall pick on a, a player like Kyle Pitts. He did have a touchdown today, but this is just, I mean, Whoa. I mean, people are, I just, it's, I, I did not think we were going here this early. I, I'm just, I'm, no, we can, I'm, that's fine. Are you, are you off? The, are you off the train, Matt? I'm not off the train. I just, it, it's just the quarterback is dropping back less than 25 times per game, completing only 14 passes per game. Entering this week, Pitts was second amongst tight ends and air yards. Um, they're just not, like, helping him out. They're not giving him design plays, not giving him any any screens. They're not scheming him into advantageous positions. They're just, like, throwing but him out winning. there and putting him on an island against the defense's best coverage. So, like, I just don't really get it today. 40 rushes to 14 dropbacks. 26% pass rate, like that's just not going to get it done. Despite uh, Kyle Pitts having a 20, 22% target share today, that's not enough when you throw How'd that game passes. finish up, man? <laughs> well, that's the problem. It. Well, that's, it is getting it done. Well, that's the problem for fantasy is that it's working, right? It's working in the NFL. So what, why is this going to change for fantasy? So it's, uh, it's, it's you're, you're not going to get much out of, if anything, out of Pitts this year. I, I've, you know, <laughs> Matt, I've heard all the excuses now. I, you know, oh, the coach doesn't know how to. Oh, they the the front office doesn't put the right guys. Or, oh, oh no, it's the quarterback. He doesn't throw the ball enough. At some point, it's going to be Kyle Pitts. But it's, at well, some point, it will be. Dan, do you we, even uh, watch this football? Do you even watch football? I mean, I watched. <laughs> I watched the whole game. Man, he. He, it's, I don't think I don't think it's Kyle Pitts. Do you like? Do you think it's him playing out? No, there? I don't. I don't think it's Kyle Pitts. All those things are are creating this this like snowball effect, really. And you know, I I, I found it kind of humorous today when he when he did catch the touchdown. The celebration was almost as if he like won the Super Bowl or, or something <laughs> like mean, that. He, he was so excited I mean, to get did, into the basically. end zone. Yeah, that's about as good as it gets for Kyle Pitts at this point. I mean, we're giving we're we're giving Matt a hard time about Pitts, uh, but uh, my guy and and maybe your guy as well, Dan. I don't know if if you want to claim him at this point, but the guy that both of us loved this off season, not quite as high profile, was Elijah Moore, and, and it's it's really a yep. very similar story. He's certainly not performing. Didn't see didn't see a single target on Sunday, and you can make the excuses that. Zach Wilson prefers other receivers or that they're going to be a run heavy offense as well. But it's, it's the same deal. They're winning. The jets are winning and this is not going to change. So at some point we just have to factor that into the way we value these players. And I mean, I've, I've moved Kyle Pitts down my rankings over the past couple of weeks. Um, I, I don't see how, you know, apologies to to Matt or anybody else. I don't see how you can rank him ahead of Mark Andrews at this point. 
It's uh yeah, and then in a in a broader picture, it's hard to value him at the same level we were in the off season when we were talking about him as a first round startup pick. I don't think we can do that anymore. We're we're talking about bottom of the second, even into the third round before you should really consider him, and and maybe even later than that, depending on on how a draft really falls out in your settings. If it's super flex, man, Pitts Pitts is probably going to be in a free fall. Well, I, I do still have him pretty high in my overall rankings. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely have him, uh, if not in the first round, still in the second. But I, I've I've moved Andrews way up, and unfortunately, back to back to my guy, I've moved Elijah Moore way down because you know not only does he have competition from Garrett Wilson, I mean Wilson's not even getting the targets; it's Corey Davis yeah. getting targets, and it's uh, Brees Hall running the ball. So, um, you know, not not that we're giving up on on these young guys. I mean Pitts and Moore both in their second year, but you also have to be realistic about the short term uh, expectations as well. You know, I, I I want to say thank you to you, Ryan, because you did bring up more there. And I thought for sure you were going to throw me un, under the bus with uh, with my guy, Trey Lance, who's out of the same class oh, as yeah, well, yeah. Who, who, who's been a disappointment when he was on the field and uh, even more than that now that he's off the field. Uh, but let's move on from the disappointments. We do have some fun stuff to talk about on the show. We got our sleeper stash of the week. Uh, we're going to be talking trade with Ryan. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we got another mock draft for you guys. And of course, we're going to set the line. Uh, but first. The Startup. The Startup this week is rookie centric, guys. It's it, it's really something that a lot of us maybe saw coming over the last week or so, especially considering his performance in the second half last week. I think we got to talk about Kenneth Walker. A little bit of a coming out party on Sunday afternoon. 21 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Also caught a couple passes. But like you said, Matt, if you watched the game, if you watched Kenneth Walker put up those 97 yards, you had to come away impressed and feel like dynasty managers really have something in this guy if they got him on their roster right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything has broke right for for Kenneth Walker. The offense isn't as bad as we thought. The offensive line is not as bad as we thought. Rashad Penny got out of the way real quick. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's wheels up for, for Walker for the rest of the season. And, I mean, it's hard to argue with not having him as a dynasty running back one at this point. I definitely need to adjust my ranks on that uh, after the show. Yeah, that's where I wanted to bring the conversation, Ryan, because I think all of us as dynasty managers will be talking about him as a top 10, top 12, top 15 for sure, dynasty running back after that performance and really the last game in the ha- game and a half where he has looked so good. Yeah, I, I, I had to check out our latest ADP and, and to see where Kenneth Walker uh, was placed. And of course, that was pre-injury and, and obviously before Sunday's game with his uh, 100-plus yard performance. He was he was running back 20. So, I mean, to me, that represents a, a frustrating start in which he wasn't playing very much before the penny injury. And, you know, I, I, I think back to, uh, I guess it was probably maybe June or July when he was a dynasty RB1. He had already climbed into that top 12 and, I think on this show we scolded the mock drafters and we couldn't believe he was being valued that highly. And and now it's come full circle because I think he's going to be back in that range very soon. Uh, and he's he's already being valued that way, but it, it'll show up in our ADP uh, as, as early as November. You look at the guys ahead of him, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, that's obviously not even a conversation. James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, uh, the pair of Packers running backs, Jones and Dillon, are 15 and 16. J.K. Dobbins is 14. Kamara, Mixon, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. I mean, not just RB1. You might be talking about a top six, seven, eight running back because of the age, because of the opportunity. And as we've talked about the past couple of weeks, it's not just that Hall and, and uh, Brees Hall and, and Walker are moving up. It's that so many other running backs are moving down and, and, and kind of opening the lane for these two to really shoot up uh, ADP rankings and just general values. 
And Damian Pierce. You missed Damian Pierce's name in there yeah, as well. Uh, a third third rookie running back that's kind of taken the league by storm. Uh, you mentioned age and opportunity as the main reasons. It's also, you know, we, we rag on coaching staffs and especially Pete Carroll and Seattle's coaching staff. But that coaching staff lends to to Kenneth Walker III being an ideal dynasty asset, really. They want to run the ball. They want this game script, the game script that we had on Sunday when they beat the Cardinals 19-9 to and really just, just ran it down their throats all game long. 21 carries, as I said, but just two more carries for the rest of that backfield. DJ Dallas got a couple carries. One of them I did see. It was only because Kenneth Walker had just busted off a big run and asked off the field. And then they didn't bring in a receiving back either. Walker made the only two catches out of that backfield as well. So like we always talk about, Matt, we want these PPR running backs. But if you're not going to be a traditional PPR pass catching running back, we want the guy that gets the 18, 20, 22, 24 carries and then mixes in two to four catches on top of it to really, really boost his dynasty value and fantasy value. Yeah, that pass catching is so important. Uh, like I, we always talk about multiple streams production and, and it looks like he can provide that. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it and I wasn't before. So, uh, very, very excited to see what he does moving forward. Yeah. I, I love the situation. You know, I, I don't think we can have this conversation without at least touching on Geno Smith. I know his stat line on Sunday wasn't, wasn't incredible or anything. 20 for 31, 197 yards, no touchdowns, no picks either. Added the 48 rushing yards, so it, he didn't completely goose you if you had to use him. But he's been a guy that's been a kind of a laughing stock in the dynasty community, an afterthought for sure, and a guy that we were picking up in the offseason in Superflex leagues because he was the quote-unquote starter and he could be your QB3 or QB4 on your roster. He's putting up quarterback two numbers now, Ryan, and although it wasn't great against the Cardinals, we're starting to consider him a fringe quarterback one at times with these buys and the injuries to the position. Geno's looked awfully good. And a big reason why is he's he's willing to throw it up to DK Metcalf. He's willing to throw that deep ball to Tyler Lockett. And again, the stat line, not even 200 yards on Sunday. But, but this whole offense is just way better than what we expected. And, and feels feels way better than it has than it was much of the time with Russell Wilson, which is, you know, we kind of get locked into uh, mindsets or takes or, or whatever you want to call it. And you know, for for the Seahawks, not only just to have success, but to um, yeah, to really have more success at times than they had with Russell Wilson, it, it, it's a shock to our system, and and we do have to figure out how to value the individual players in dynasty and how to treat the entire team. Because coming into the season, that was a team that many of us, myself included, wanted no parts of. I mean, even DK Metcalf and and Tyler Lockett, who are are well-established, we saw their, their values falling in, in redraft and dynasty leagues. So um, that's the, the Seahawks are kind of low key. One of the, one of the big stories of the season. For sure. And, you know, Gino, you mentioned Russell Wilson. He's kind of been an extension of what Russ was over the last couple of years. He's scrambling, creating second chance opportunities down the field for those receivers. He's running a little bit and really spreading the ball out a lot like Russell did for so many years. Uh, against the Cardinals, Noah Fant led the team with six catches. But after that, Dwayne Eskridge with three, DK with two, Marquise Goodwin with two, Lockett with two, Kenneth Walker with two, and then the tight ends all kind of get spattered in there as well. So uh, just kind of a unique situation and, and something that we didn't see see coming. But there's, I guess there's some dynasty production to get out of these guys in Seattle. Uh, let's move on to our Sleeper of the Week. Sleeper Stash of the Week. Yeah, let's do the Sleeper Stash of the Week where we take a look at a player outside the top 200 in Dynasty ADP that you should consider stashing. Matt, who you got this week? Yeah, we're going to go with somebody that's not in the ADP at all, at least in September's Superflex Ooh. ADP. I know we're, we're uh, uh, putting together the October Superflex ADP right now, so that very, mel- very well may change. Uh, in October's one quarterback ADP, he was the very last player 
on the board, number 275 quarterback Bailey Zappi, New England Patriots. Uh, he had a pretty good game today, guys. I'm not saying there's a quarterback controversy in New England once Mac Jones comes back, but 309 yards and two touchdowns today uh, has played well uh, managing the game in previous weeks, but really kind of broke out today uh, and powered uh, that offense. So, um I'm not saying he's going to be like I said he's not going to start necessarily start over Mac Jones but Mac Jones hasn't you know you know blown the roof off or anything he has two 300 yard games in his career so far through one season and uh, a few games and Bailey Zappi has one now in three games that he has played in the NFL um, so he's somebody I'd be looking to stash if he is really that free can you get him for less than a third round pick in the Superflex League probably not after today. Um, but, you know, some somebody who is worth at least stashing on your roster, which is the point of this segment. So Bailey Zappi, <laughs> let's do it. Bailey Zappi is your stash of the week brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. It is built around a mobile interface, so it's easy to do everything league related from your mobile phone, no matter how complicated your league or how many leagues you play in. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Let's talk trade. Yeah, let's talk trade, guys, because we, we mentioned a running back that's uh, kind of moving up ADP in Kenneth Walker earlier. Ryan, there's a handful of running backs that are moving down ADP and really becoming more active on the trade market, probably because of slow starts this season. Uh, and that, that conversation probably starts with Najee Harris, who he... He scored on Sunday, and you know that was a tough matchup and everything. But Najee Harris has been um, a thorn in the side of a lot of dynasty managers to start the season. Yeah, even with that touchdown on Sunday, uh, Kenny Pickett's first passing touchdown of his career, uh, it it wasn't a huge day for Najee Harris, and and he hasn't had a huge day really yet this season. After such a big season a year ago as a rookie, he had ten. Uh, RB1 games as a rookie and uh, at this point not not going to sniff that in 2022 for sure so I feel like when we we've had these running back conversations in in recent weeks since the season started and we focused a lot on uh, Kamara and Cook and Eckler those veterans whose value is kind of in flux uh, because of their age and, and because of their production but there's, there's some young running backs here, and, and Najee Harris is the first one to talk about, that their value is just, just flat-out disappearing. And, and I think we need to figure out what we're going to do with them if they are on our roster. If they're not on our roster, is this a buy-low opportunity, or or are we just staying away? And Najee Harris is, is the first one to discuss here, and I think he's probably still the safest of the guys we're talking about. Jalen Warren's gotten some run and, and become a solid backup, but I, I don't think Najee Harris is losing his job anytime soon. So in general, are you guys, what are you doing with Najee Harris on your, on your rosters? Well, it's, it's a good conversation to have. And I'm, I'm probably not the, the primary guy to talk to about this Neither because Najee wasn't really, really the guy I, I was going out to grab or, or really excited. I, I'm, I'm crazy worried about Najee Harris and and if that upside is still around. You, you get it's it's kind of it's not good to say, but you get those Trent Richardson vibes. That's exactly Najee what I was going to ask. Yeah, I, I was yeah, gonna ask. and you know, so I'm scared. I am I am petrified. A guy that we were considering a one of the top few running backs in our game just a month ago. And the start he's had and, and the really the red flags, Matt, that we've had for quite a while with Najee Harris, they're all coming to fruition right now before our eyes. And it makes me feel like that we hit a plateau and we're falling off fast. Yeah, I mean, it's this is the problem with these like strictly volume based plays. And Najee's a little bit different because he does catch the passes. But you know, if you don't get into the end zone, he he did that today, I believe. Uh, but otherwise, we aren't that happy with the production. And sometimes we're not happy even if they do get in in the end zone, right? So the offensive line is really bad. The quarterback is a rookie and words out on uh, still if he's bad or not. Uh, but 
the, the offense is not running through him this season. It's different than it was with Ben. So uh, this is more of what we're going to see. He's already an older player despite being uh, a second-year running back. Uh, so it's, it's – oh, what, is he going to be 25 before the season ends, I believe? So, like, we're already yeah. entering that age, as ridiculous as it is sometimes, where running backs are, are starting to lose value, and that's where we're at with these 25, 26. I mean, he's a year old, a year away from being in the same category, basically, as uh, these these other older running backs like, like Dalvin Cook and – uh, not quite as old as Derek Kenny, but you know what I mean, Alvin Kamara, that kind of range, and we, we that'll he'll hit that in year three. So if we're not getting the elite production now, are we really going to get it? Uh, you know, as we go forward in the career, in his career, I'm just not sure about that. Unless that team gets significantly better uh, as early as you know the end of this season, and, and certainly next season. If next season is a wash too, I mean, it's a it's a wasted pick. I feel, and I I would rather just move on now. Uh, whether it, sometimes you have to sell low, right? And I think it's his time yeah. to sell low on Najee Harris. Well, that's I really so too. Yeah, that's really kind of what I wanted to get to here. Is is because. There's no question that these players we're going to talk about have have lost value. It's a matter of do we buy low and and expect them to bounce back, uh, or do we do we simply sell low and, and or, or stay away? Uh, some recent Najee Harris trades using the Trade Finder at DLF. Uh, the price is is still uh, still pretty high, at least as far as I'm concerned. And these are all from the past ten days or so. There's a Najee Harris for CD Lamb trade. Najee Harris mm. for Gabe Davis and two second rounders. Najee Harris for Kenneth Walker and a third. Uh, and then Najee Harris and Paris Campbell for Travis Etienne and Tyler Boyd. I, I would think that uh, th- that last one is the only one that you really see um, the price change kind of show up for Najee Harris. I mean, if I had him and was offered C.D. Lamb, it, it's it's a slam dunk deal. Um so I think if I, I actually think it's okay to accept all those trades, right? Oh, I, do I don't too. think any of them, any of them are bad. I, I, I don't mind buying ETN, uh, the younger, younger player who's feels like he's ascending while Harris is falling off. All those trades seemed acceptable to me. I'm, Absolutely. I'm kind of wondering if you like, you're not getting CD lamb no, today. No way. After, after what happened, what happened there, uh, on Sunday, Najee Harris is still a second round pick in our most recent ADP 22 overall at RB seven and the players around him. Uh, you see guys like T Higgins, Brees Hall, Tyree kill Garrett Wilson, Nick Chubb and DK Metcalf. I don't think you can trade even up for any of those players. Well, right no, now. certainly not. But the thing is with Najee Harris is even after essentially six straight weeks of, of disappointing games based on expectations and, and his previous value, he still has some name value. Yeah. You know, even just sure. last, even just last week, uh, I saw some mentions on Twitter and these were not these, this, this was few and far between. Uh, but you know, he's fine. He's going to bounce back. This guy was the RB, uh, was an RB one last year. He was RB two and ADP all off season, those types of comments. And, if you've got him on your roster, you need to find somebody in your league who's holding on to that value from three or four months ago. Uh, and if you can make a deal like any of those that I mentioned, you should do it. I want to move on because there's a couple other guys I want to ask you you two about. Cam Akers is the next one, and Ugh, this was gosh. a player who's yeah a player who's been in the news over the past few days. We we got the breaking news uh, late last week that. Uh, Akers was going to be inactive on Sunday due to a personal reason. And there was, you know, immediately a lot of concern about what might be going on and not so much worry about on the field, but you know, is this guy okay? Or is he in trouble or is he, does he have some family issues? What's going on? And uh, ultimately we found out that uh, he, he wants no part of the Rams and the Rams want no part of him. That's kind of what it's, it sounds like, uh, the reports that we saw on Sunday morning were that uh, essentially that he will not play a snap for the Rams anymore, whether that's a trade or release or what have you. So, um, it, it, I mean, I'm, I'm out on cam makers at this point. This, it, we said the, the Najee Harris feels like, um, feels like Trent Richardson. It feels like we've seen this, this cam makers story before as well. Uh, and, and it, 
it never goes well for the player, unfortunately. Yeah, moving on from your team this early in your career for these kind of reasons doesn't seem to go well. I, I looked at his ADP uh, throughout his career, and this is, ADP was collected before any of this news came out. Right now, he's at 83 overall in our ADP. When he gruesomely tore up his leg, his ADP last September fell to 92. So... He's almost earned his way all the way back to that point where he had that that horrible leg injury that we thought could be career threatening at one point. His, you know, this has kind of been been coming, right? This is this isn't really a huge shock that that there's this fall off in production and this fall off in dynasty value. Um, I, I'm I kind of shake my head at myself. For yeah. for allowing allowing myself to 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 buy into him getting back near the second round in ADP again over the last handful of months that injury was horrible and yes he fought back quicker than anybody else and yes there were at times he he made a play that that caught your eye but we all got duped on this thing and and now the Rams are over it just as much as he is I mean Cam Akers had three good games in his career. That was a year and a half ago at the end of his rookie season. And that's it. And we've been valuing him as a borderline RB1 really ever since. Um, and, of course, we saw the value drop because of that injury. But as you said, Dan, he, he bounced back, regained the value. Uh, and if if you held him through it, and, and I did, uh, I, I think I only had him in one league, but I held him through that and – I certainly regret it now. Uh, I mean, I guess I hope for his sake uh, that he's traded and, and finds a, a good landing spot. But, I mean, based on what we've seen on the field, whatever's gone on off the field or in the locker room or, or what, whatever, uh, it, it can't help his, his value around the league. So, I mean, it, this just feels like a situation where he's going to be released uh, in, in the next few days is, is my take on it. Agree. So, so some of these trades that you you pulled from the trade finder, and and maybe these aren't even all that relevant anymore. I thought one was very captivating, and that was Acres for Kelvin Ridley, straight up. Yeah. And you know, Ridley is, doesn't have any value for the remainder of this season, and will have to recoup as much as he can throughout next off season. But that is, I think that's a pipe dream at this point with the with the news that broke. You're not getting a Calvin Ridley type type player back in return, and if you can, it should be a slam. Except Matt, yeah, we haven't got your thoughts on this. Go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to say, I think Dan the Ridley deal was actually uh, after the news broke. So, really, I do think in general that's a pipe dream. If you can get Calvin Ridley, I would take it. But um, yeah, I think in most leagues that's not happening. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, no, I, I, am not sure I, I, I agree with that because, I mean, I think people are still going to hold out hope. He's going to, he just needs a change of scenery, all this stuff, and he's just been such a, a roller coaster, right? We, we, we really liked him. He had that nice end of the rookie year, then of course, uh, the, the terrible injury, and then he came back for the playoffs and you know, didn't look good. And then it kind of felt a little bit like early this off season that we were getting a little bit of a discount because player people were. You know, they were so excited that he came back, but then he was bad. But maybe he was bad because he wasn't really all the way back. And it felt like maybe we were getting a little bit and he was just another – he was going to be another, you know, six-month healthy once we get to this season. Um, but it never has materialized. And, you know, it's a similar story, obviously uh, not to begin the season, but a similar story with, with uh, James Robinson now. Very excited that he made it back so soon and he came out. Uh, and, and was very good to start the season. Now we see ETN slowly taking over and him being marginalizing games where the Jaguars are, are playing from behind or, or need to go to a more fast-paced or up-tempo offense. So with Cam Akers, it's – I mean, I, just, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I honestly don't know. Like, I feel like you can't – if you can sell him for Ridley, absolutely. So maybe you can get that. If you can sell him for uh, Elliott or, or pivot to another running back if you're a contender and we're counting on him, absolutely. But if you – are a, are a team that is not really contending this year. 
Like, are I mean, what are you are you going to get? I don't. Are you going to get a second round pick for him? I just don't know if you're going to no. get that. So, like, I, like if you're not getting that for him, I'm taking it if I can. Right, but if you're not getting that, and you're a rebuilding team, and you're not going to be competing till next year, the year after, like at that point, is it worth holding on to them? I kind of think it is, unless you can get a deal like the Ridley one, or or like a prospect or something that you think will be, uh, you know, will be producing in a year or two, uh, and isn't now. So. I don't know. I think I would take two thirds for him. Wow. Okay. Even on a rebuild. Yeah. Okay. Especially on a rebuild. Right. Uh, the last guy I want to ask about is J.K. Dobbins, and uh, it, it's been a rough road to recovery for J.K. Dobbins as well. Didn't play to start the season. Wasn't fully healthy. Uh, he's been back now two or three weeks, and um, he, he's he's flashed a, a little bit. Had that two touchdown game. Uh, a couple weeks ago, but in general has not looked like the player we remember. Um, had had another little knee issue on Sunday, so hopefully that's, uh, you know, that's not a long-term problem, but, I mean, it certainly could be. Uh, his He's another player whose value is falling. And, and again, kind of like Najee Harris, the, the value, at least based on what we're seeing in the trade finder, is still there for some people. Uh, We see J.K. Dobbins for a 2023 first-rounder, Dobbins in a third for a first and uh, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, Dobbins for Javante Williams in a third, and another example, uh, Dobbins and Mike Boone for a 2024 first and a 2023 second. I'm taking any of those trades I can get to get a future first-rounder for J.K. Dobbins. And, I mean, honestly, take away the injury talk, take away the – uh, discussion of players losing value. I mean, how many running backs would you give up a 2023 first for right now? Total. I mean, the list has to be like three or four players long. Um, I, I would prefer the pick, even if it's middle of the round, over most running backs in the league outside of Taylor and, and Hall and, and a couple of those guys near the top. But I'm certainly taking a first for Dobbins or, or Najee Harris. Yeah, I'm taking a first for Dobbins. Yeah, I would Dobbins too. But outside of that, I'm 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 holding still. I think I, I I might be completely naive and wrong about this, but I feel like it's a very different situation than the Acres injury and, and that situation. Oh uh, yeah, he's I, I think he's looked good when he's been on the field this year. There's plenty of volume in, in an offense. It's a good offense. Uh, it being an I know it's a more complicated ACL. It's not just a clean ACL tear. Uh, and then he's had this nagging injury, especially today. I thought it was going to be a breakout day, and then he didn't, came out and didn't play the second half at all. Um, but I think I'm still holding him, especially if I'm contending. Uh, remember, all the money is won in the last three weeks of the season. So uh, I'm I'm still holding unless I can get that, that locked in first. If it's anything less than that, I'm still holding. And there were reports Sunday after the game that it was a knee setback, that that injury, once again, it crept up. And we'll, we'll get more more information on that as the week kind of kind of plays out. But I'm I'm concerned. Like the concern level is definitely in the orange, maybe close to the red when it comes to JK. I really I you know, I I love the player. I love his upside. I still think he can reach that that top five type overall running back upside. But it he he's got a He's got a big mountain to climb right now with the, these injuries. And then and then also that team seems to want to go to a committee more than maybe dynasty players want them to. Even when JK was was picking up steam and, and looked like he was he was gonna turn the corner over the last few weeks, they were mixing in other running backs. And that that maybe it's just because he was coming back from that injury. That could very well be. But they didn't show that type of commitment that J.K. Dobbins would be their their full-time bell cow, that he'd handle the ball between the tackles and get that work as a pass catcher. And that limits that upside. Certainly not worth um, like top 12 running back type type uh, investment anymore. And I'm just not, cons- not convinced that he's going to reach that level again. Yeah. Let's... It- uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I just I don't know what to say about Dobbins at this point, unfortunately. I, I did want to ask you guys, and, and we can wrap up on this one: Najee Harris or J.K. Dobbins? Which one of those two do you want at this point? Straight up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take J.K. 
I think I'll take. I think I'll take J.K. Dobbins too. I think I would it, as well. So it's close, and and it's not fun to talk about. I you but, know since yeah, we're talking about this though a lot for for Harris. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's let's talk quickly about Javante Williams because we we haven't really had a big opportunity to talk about that, and the injury happened while we were collecting ADP. So you know it, it's. It's muddied the waters just a little bit. I've seen Javante Williams moved or talked about moved in being moved in leagues. And I'm just wondering, like, get the temperature on what we feel about Javante and his upside now that he's got a season-ending injury and we're waiting for 2023 now after waiting for 2022. I mean, my, my initial thought and, and advice that I shared was buy low on, on Javante Williams thinking about some of these same guys we've been talking about Dobbins and acres, because we saw the opportunity to buy at a discount and we saw their value bounce back. Um, but that only works if the player comes all the way back. And, and unfortunately that doesn't often happen or you buy now and, and sell later. And we can't always, you know, you can't always count on that happening either. Um, it's possible that you just can't find a buyer for the player. Uh, or sometimes we, you know, we fall into the trap as, as we did, the three of us did with, with Dobbins and, and with acres this off season, convincing ourselves that, that they are going to bounce back, that they're going to be what they were before. So um, in the meantime, I've seen Javante Williams being traded for 2023 first, which I I've been shocked at. So if, if you can get a first for him, again, I think that's an easy deal to make. I would definitely take any first rounder for Javante Williams if that's the going right. Guys, No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available. Play in pick'em contests for a shot at winning $250,000 or more in cold, hard cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code DLF at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app to get an initial deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined. Because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. It's time to set the line. Yeah, let's set the line. Uh, kind of push this week, right, Matt? Yeah, we all uh, we all got each uh, each other once and lost once. We're, so it's one on one on the week. Uh, the total will be Ryan seven and five, me six and six, Dan four and eight. Um, so let's recap. Ugh, Last week, boy. Ryan's bet was that uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, I heard his nickname today is K nine. I kind of like that because his number is nine. First letter K, so we're going to call him K9. It was over uh, 88 and a half rushing yards. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> that was a, did you ever see that movie K9. Uh, K9 with uh, John Belushi and the, the German yeah, Shepherd when I, was, I saw yeah. it when I was a kid? It was great. Anyway, Jim, Jim, Belushi. Jim Belushi, sorry. Um, anyway, uh, over 88 and a half. He certainly did that. I said he was going to be under. Dan said he was over. Uh, Dan's bet was that Allen and Mahomes would combine for uh, over 649.5 yards. They did that. Uh, both of, both Ryan and I took the over. Uh, mine was that wide receivers, there would be uh, 10.5 wide receivers that would score more than 20.5 PPR points. You guys both went over. And by my count, I have eight currently uh, before Sunday night football and Monday night football. So it's potential that that one uh, could flip. But right now uh, that both those, both of those went against you too. So we'll have to update that. All right. That. I'm going to, I'm going to need that to happen on <laughs> Sunday night football and Monday night football. Cause I need, I need the dub. Uh, let's get to this week's. And uh, since I'm in the basement, I will fire away mine first. Uh, Josh Jacobs was off 
in week six, but he's had kind of a resurgence to his fantasy value, to his production, certainly to his dynasty, or maybe even to his dynasty value to some extent, especially for contenders. Back-to-back top three finishes, running back two versus the Broncos, running back three at the Chiefs in week five. Over those two games, 49 carries, 298 rushing yards and three touchdowns, also pitched in 10 catches for 70 yards in those two games. Takes on the Houston Texans in week seven. They are 31st in fantasy points per game allowed to the running back position. So the over-under, or the better or worse, we'll call it on this one. Does Josh Jacobs finish better or worse than running back 10.5 in week seven against the Texans? I can go first. I'm going to take the over on this. Jacobs has been really impressive. The uh, the, the three-headed committee that we thought was going to transfer from New England to Oakland has not really happened. We thought Amir Abdullah would be a thing. That's not a thing. Brandon Bolden has popped his head up every now and then, but also not really a thing. He's getting basically everything for this team uh, where he's starting to get used as a, as a pass catcher. Uh, so I'm going to be over on running back 10 and a half on, in week seven. Over meaning he finishes in the top 10. Sorry. So is that lower? That's better. I'll just say, Rob, I'm going to write better. (laughs) Yeah. Better than 10 and a half. Ryan, do you agree? I I do agree. I think he's going to be a top 10 (sighs) running back on the week as well. Um, At what point would, would you guys take it the other way? Because I originally had eight and a half written down. Would you have gone better on that? I thought you were going to say four or five. So, So, I I mean, Josh, so Josh Jacobs has scored 30 or more fantasy points three times in his career. Two of those have come in the past two weeks. So two of his best career games uh, are, of course, they were on by this week, but the, the weeks prior, uh, the, the past two weeks heading into this one. And, and you think about next week, you already mentioned the defense. That's, that's a nice matchup. I still kind of think we haven't heard the last of this Devontae Adams situation you know, so maybe Devontae Adams is out for that game potentially. Uh, we'll we'll see if anything happens over the next few days. Uh, so I'll yeah, I'll take Josh Jacobs uh, as a top the top two. The house set a bad line. It gave you guys a couple <laughs> of wins the way it looks. Matt, what do you got? Yeah, um, not including Sunday night football and Monday night football because we're recording before them. Um, but in week six this week, five of the top 12 dynasty running backs finished as an RB1 this week. A top 12 running back in week six. Five of them. For next week, and by October ADP. So for next week, I'm going to say that at least six of the top 12 dynasty running backs will finish as a top 12 running back in week seven. I'll set the line at five and a half. I will say under. Uh, I think we've seen such fluky uh, running back performances in general this entire season. And and to think that half of next week's RB1s would be um, top 12 dynasty guys, uh, I I don't think that's going to happen. I know Dalvin Cook and and the Vikings are on by this week or next week. So that that takes out. uh, Yeah, that takes out one option. Yeah, I'm I'm going under on this one. Yeah, I was I was scrounging to see who was on by to uh to make my pick as well. <laughs> you you mentioned it. Delvin Cook's not available. But Derrick Henry's coming off by, and there are some nice matchups across the league. Also, Javante Williams is out. He's a top twelve guy. DeAndre Swift is questionable at best. Maybe Jonathan Taylor as well. I I gotta I'd love to try to make up a point here, get a win here, but I can't do it. I'm gonna go under as well. Ryan, you can set the line for us. I've got a, I've got a unique one this week. Um, the Panthers have been in the news after they fired their coach uh, a little over, or yeah, about a week ago, I guess, following that loss. They took another loss on Sunday, and it was an ugly one. We saw some some fighting on the sidelines with Robbie Anderson. We've heard trade rumors with Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Um, so mine is how many Panthers, Carolina Panthers will be traded in the next week. And the line is 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
The, and, and by the way, the uh, NFL trade deadline is November 1st. So uh, that's that's that won't get us to two next week, but it'll be it feels we'll, we'll have about a week left. It so feels to saying, me. Are we saying by by Thursday, by kickoff Sunday? Just by by next week when we record. By but yeah, I would assume that would happen okay. before. That it feels like this before, is this uh, should be one of those time. where where the the over is like plus two thirty five and the under is is minus two hundred <laughs> or something like that. Uh, I I gotta take the under just because there's not that many trades in the NFL. Man, I really want to take the under too, but it's not fun. I'll I'll say over. I'll say there's I mean, there's, there's going to be one. Did you one. see Did you see Robbie Anderson yelling at his I position? Did. Yeah, I think he'll get released. I think he'll be released. Wait, yeah, okay. Let me let me change it. It will include release players. Oh well, I mean, players we'll could get moved. released. How about we'll say moved? We'll just say no. Moved. I mean, notable, like notable release players. Not oh, we're getting into a gray area. I'm gonna stick with under. But but now it's no longer minus two hundred. Now it's probably plus money on the under. Yeah. Matt, what are you saying? I'm gonna saying I'm gonna over? stay I'm gonna still say over just because it's the more fun. Just like I, I always I don't do as well betting overs when I when I make prop bets, but they're more fun to root for. So I'm gonna root for somebody getting traded or released this week. All right, let's get to our mock. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Yeah, let's do another mock draft. 2021 and 2022 rookie classes combined. Super flex, tight end premium. Uh, so only players that were drafted in the last two draft classes are eligible. We're going to get through as many picks as we can. Ryan, you drew the number one pick. I got number two and Matt's the third guy. So Ryan, who's the who's the top guy in this draft? Yeah, this is a fun one. I'd been thinking we should do a, a 2022 rookie mock kind of do-over, and uh, Matt set this one up and included the 2021 class as well, which I think is a good idea because we've we've already talked about Najee Harris and Javante Williams losing value. We've seen some other guys from that class, uh, including the quarterbacks, losing some value this season as well. So it'll be a good uh, kind of recap on – what's happened to the value of those players. I'm going Trevor Lawrence at the 101. Okay. Uh, this is a super flex draft. And I think looking at the quarterbacks from these past two draft classes, he is head and shoulders above the rest right now. Yeah. I was wondering if, if Lawrence would go one or two, I actually had Jamar chase at number one in my rankings. So I'll take chase at number two, Matt, if you had the number one pick, who would you have taken? It would have been chase as well for sure. Okay, who we got at three? At three, <laughs> I'm not going to do it, <laughs> but I want to. I'm not going to do it, but I want to. I'm going to go and I'll take uh, I'll take Jalen Waddle at third overall. Uh, I think he's just as good as Tyreek Hill, uh, and is showing that each week, even with players like uh, Skylar Thompson and, and Teddy Bridgewater under center. Uh, I think it's back to me. I am gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Brees Hall here. Yep. Um, we've we've talked uh, a lot about Hall. Uh, I think I, I think he's the the new dynasty RB one ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, so I'll take him here at four. Yeah, Brees had a real big game, over 100 yards once again on Sunday against that Packers defense, and they are using him as a weapon now. He's gonna. He's just going to keep soaring up dynasty rankings until he's number one for everybody, no matter the settings. I I actually considered having him uh, right at the top with Lawrence and Chase. So, uh, in fact, I I ended up with him at three overall. So, um, I am up at number five, and I'm going to take Amon Ra St. Brown right here. Dirty. Dirty, dirty. (laughs) Yep. He's the he's definitely the pick there. Um, this is where I started having the quarterbacks go off the board, but I do have one player above them, and whatever. Send the hate all you want. I'm taking Kyle Pitts at 106 <laughs> overall between these two classes. Who? That guy that it is scores. It's two a touchdowns. tight end premium mock draft, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's tight end premium. premium. I guess that makes list, him a first uh, rounder. It's red list tight end premium, so it's two points per reception. Oh, you didn't yeah. say that, man. <laughs> uh, Ryan, you're up at the seventh pick. Uh, let's see. Um, 
I am going to, I think I've got to go with, with some of these receivers. They're certainly tempting. I'm going to go with Chris Olave here. I've been really impressed with him. Uh, of course, missed the game on Sunday, but uh, he's, he's my favorite rookie wide receiver. And uh, at this point, I like him more than any of those second year guys. He's got some of that Jalen Waddle stuff that we were talking about last year, where he's being used yeah. as that underneath option a lot right now for the Saints. But he has deep threat ability. And when they unlock that, he could be he could be up there where, where Waddle is. Uh, in this exercise by this time next year. I'm up at number eight. I'm going to stick with the rookie running back or wide receivers, and I'll go I'll go with the Falcon that should have gone ahead of the other one. I'll take Drake London. <laughs> yeah, these wide receivers are certainly tempting, but I think I am going to go to quarterback now. Justin Fields looked, to me, he looked better on Thursday night despite it being one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. He missed that uh, <laughs> gimme touchdown where he floated it over, I think it was Ryan Griffith's head, the corner. That yeah, that was ugly. Put him up to win. That was real bad. But we finally got to see him run. It feels like the coaches are giving him a little bit more leeway. So I'm going to hold out hopes and uh, that he's going to continue to improve. Uh, what he's doing with – the resources that he has around him, I think, is is notable. Yeah, Matt, no offensive think, line there in Chicago. Yeah. Do you think, in general, through six weeks, quarterback the quarterback position has lost value in dynasty leagues in superflex dynasty? I absolutely leagues? think that. Outside of like the top four or five guys, it's starting to feel again like we're getting to the point where there's you know twelve or fourteen guys that are kind of the same. So. If it's not Lamar Jackson, J- Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, right. um, you know that that group. Throw throw Mahomes and Herbert if you want in there, but they're not running as much. Um, it just feels like, you know, what's the point unless you're going to get one of these guys with these this high rushing upside? Yeah, my rankings would yeah, would for this exercise would would so so push towards uh, losing value at the quarterback position. I had a hard time fitting a second quarterback into my top twelve in this. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure there is a second quarterback in my top 12. I'm I'm not taking a quarterback here. Uh, I'm going to stick with ooh, I think I'm sticking with the wide receiver position. It's it's definitely uh it's tight bunched up here. What's that? It's tight. <laughs> That's a tough call. Yeah, it it is. Yeah, a lot of wide receivers that I like. Um yeah, actually, I think I'll take a chance on on the running back. I'm I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker here. Okay. Uh, we we already talked about him as a value gainer, um, and, and the running back position is so thin in general right now that uh, I'll take a shot on the rookie. He was the guy I had a hard time really valuing in this exercise because it I didn't know which which tier of wide receivers or between which wide receivers to put him. And there's another running back we'll get to here in a minute that, that kind of fits in the same thing. I'm sticking with the receivers, the guys that play 10-plus years and are a staple of your dynasty roster. I'll go with George Pickens. Oh. Man, I got three players left that are above Pickens, but I was hoping I would get them. I didn't think he would jump a few of these guys. Uh... I will go. I will go to the to the back to the Jets, and I'll take Garrett Wilson here. He's not the person that I had written down next, but I think he probably has the most value at this point. All right, so that's the first round, and Ryan, you're up to lead off round two. Yeah, Dan, you instantly gave me some regrets talking about the the length of the wide receiver career. I I thought to myself, would I trade Kenneth Walker for? Uh, or would I trade Garrett Wilson for for Kenneth Walker? I don't think I would. So I'm I'm going right back to the receiver position uh, as quickly as I can. I'll go with Rashad Bateman here. Uh, missed the past couple games, but I, still the wide receiver one in that offense, and obviously still uh, a young asset. Yeah, I had one receiver in front of Bateman in my rankings, and that's Jamison Williams. Ooh. So he, he's a he's a deal at 14 overall. I love it. Have you guys not been watching what Devontae Smith has been doing the last few weeks? It's to me it's it's a little bit crazy that he hasn't gone yet. I thought I would take him over Garrett Wilson. I would have taken him um over probably over Pickens and uh Jamison Williams certainly. So I'll take Devontae Smith here. Hmm. Okay. Ryan, you got the two point zero four. I will take uh, uh 
Wide receivers drying up a little bit. I'm going to go back over to the running back position, and I'll take Travis Etienne. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were going to get me on that one, but you didn't. <laughs> I, uh, I know. I know who it is. I know, I know who you wanted. <laughs> I'm going to take Damian Pierce here, who well, I, I want I way over uh, Travis Etienne. Okay. Matt? Wow. I wasn't expecting any of this. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to take the guy who has been sitting here that has like six players have gone after I had him ranked. So I'm going to take Trey Lance here. Uh, we talked about the reduced value of the quarterback position, but he's someone who's going to run. So, um, you know, I'm not saying he's a top five quarterback once he becomes the full version of Trey Lance. But with that running upside, uh, if it, if it materializes, then I think that's a value. Ryan, you got the seventh pick in the second round. Um, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver for Washington. Nice. Um, yeah, just pretty good value there. Almost almost took him over ETN. So. I thought you guys were talking about Javante when I passed on him, so I'll take Javante Williams here. Yep. That was going to be my next one if it wasn't Lance, and it would have been here, but he's not there. So let's go back to wide receiver, and I'll grab Traylon Burks. Uh, I am going to take, oh, I'm going to take There's so many Elijah Moore. Still. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to stay on brand. I'm, I'm disappointed in him, but I'll take Elijah Moore. You're, di- <laughs> you're not mad. You're just disappointed. Uh, you get Elijah <laughs> I'm Moore. Also mad. I'm, mad. <laughs> I'm mad and disappointed. You're mad and disappointed. Uh, I'm going to stick with the running backs here. This one might surprise you guys a little bit. I'll take Ramondre Stevenson. Ah, you yeah. dirty. I thought I could leave him hanging <laughs> out there until another disappointing running back we've been talking about went off the board, <laughs> but I guess not. Um, and I'm certainly not going to take him. I'm going to go back to quarterback, I guess. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Zach Wilson. He's a starting NFL quarterback, sort of. Let's uh let's do a third round real fast here, guys. Yeah, Ryan, kick it off. Um, do I have to? Yep. Yes. Okay. I'll take um I'll take Kenny Pickett. <laughs> All right. How far can he fall here? Uh, I guess. I guess I'll do it. I'll take Najee. You have to. Yeah, I think you have yeah. to right I, I, I couldn't make a case for any of these other guys over him. No, I, I, I agree. And I think the same case is for the player I'm going to take. I, I don't really want to, but it's hard to pass on Mac Jones at this point. So, I mean, I think the interesting one, and I don't know if we want to do this at the end of the draft, but Javante Williams versus Najee Harris. Like if you have if you have Najee, I think you could trade him for for Javante Williams right now. I think you should, unless you need, you should do just, it unless, unless, you unless you're you need Harris, and then you should trade Harris for somebody else that can help you, <laughs> or trade him for Najee and like another smaller piece that can at least contribute. Sure. Well, we Stevenson went ahead of uh, Stevenson went ahead of Najee Harris in this oh, yeah, let's do that. mock as Make well. That happen. Like, could you trade Najee for Stevenson and a two? Or is that too greedy? That I think you I could try trade Najee for Stevenson and like Elijah Moore, something like that. Ooh. Get another young piece that you you think is upside. If you can do that, then I'm absolutely doing it. Ryan, you're up with the twenty eighth pick, pick. All right, I don't am, take my guy. Um, uh, I'm going to take my guy, uh, who we saw debut. Not debut, but uh, come back on Sunday. Ooh, I'm going to take Wandell. Yeah. All right. Nice, nice one. Yeah, look good on Sunday. Caught a touchdown. First one of his career. Uh, you guys let me pat, left me Pat Fryermuth, which is a steal right here. I almost yeah. took him over yeah. Najee Harris. Uh, this is tight end premium. 2.0. That's a steal. <laughs> Matt? Yeah. It's starting to get a little rough. No, there's so many good players. Just pick. I one. mean, there's still there's still very good players, but I feel like you could make an argument for any of these guys to be next. Um, so I'll I'll make an argument for for Rondale Moore, as flimsy as it might be at this point. That's who I had next in my rankings. Okay, Ryan, we got six more to go. I'll go with Alec Pierce next. Nice pick. 
I like that for sure. I'll take a similar player, Romeo Dobbs. Matt? Mm-hmm. Yep, Rashad White for me. Ryan, your last pick. Oh, last one? Came I want to make like three more. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Malik Willis next. Okay. Yep. I will take, uh, I'll take Sky Moore right here. These two classes. So good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I think we could have done a fourth round and still got guys with upside. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I got. Who do you got as the last pick, Matt? Gosh, I don't know. I'm going to throw a, I'm going to roll a dice. I'm going to say, look, I know. I'll just, I'll just take Christian Watson for the upside. I, I feel like I wanted to take Michael Carter there, but Brees Hall has been so good that maybe he will. Carter? In fact, no. In fact, uh, relegate. I mean, Carter still there... played well. It's not like it's been bad. No, Brian Robinson should have gotten picked. Nah, Khalil Robinson. Herbert could have got picked. James Cook should have yeah. probably got picked. Elijah Mitchell James didn't Cook. get picked. Elijah Mitchell. Holy cow. Yeah. I had it. I, I couldn't pick him. I had guys ahead of him, but he was a middle third Definitely. for me. So. Uh, yeah, we could have got to Desmond Ritter and uh, what about Kadarius Tony? You guys wanted him? I could see it on your faces. You, <laughs> you want Kadarius Tony? <laughs> no, he wasn't even in there. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF dynasty podcast. We appreciate all of you listening for Ryan and Matt. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF dynasty podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.